Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 28th, 2022, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Indiana. And Bruce, how are you today? I am fine. I seem to be lacking adjectives, but I'm trying to fill in with adverbs when necessary. <laughs> there you go. I say we're coming to you not live, but uh, we're coming to you about as close to live as I think we've ever done. This will be posted as soon as we're done recording because we're coming out a little bit later mm-hmm. uh, than normal. And that's my fault. Uh, 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 but uh, I was uh, I was in Buffalo. Uh, just yesterday, we were doing. We had a charity uh, golf outing that I was a part of. Wings of Hope. I'm not. I'm not uh, too. I'm not above uh, promoting another uh, not for profit. A fantastic organization that helps uh, fly uh, individuals to uh, their specialized treatment when they can't mm-hmm. get to it uh, themselves. Which they is, do great work. They do great work. Uh, so uh, that was a lot of fun. My flight, uh, my connecting flight from Chicago was canceled last night. Like they do. Like they do. So I had to rent a car and uh, <laughs> drive down here. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so here's where the story gets interesting. Someone tried to murder me. Oh, ah, boring. And no, he, go ahead. <laughs> and here's the story. So I pick up my car, uh, and it's not running great. Uh oh. It's like vibrating in like the front left section. You. Uh, I find out like I'm kind of flipping through while driving down <laughs> Chicago interstates at like nine at night. Uh, flipping through like the the diagnostic stuff to see like hey is there, you seeing anything that you're running weird? I get to the tire pressure section. Oh, they had filled my front left tire to 53 psi. <laughs> okay, in defense of whoever did that, mm-hmm. I'm calling dyslexia. <laughs> Well, so the back left tire, which is where I think they meant to put in the air, was at a not dangerously low, but relatively low 25. Yeah. So I had to let out, and everything else was at like 38, 39. So I let out over 10 pounds of pressure in my front left tire to keep it from exploding. Yeah. Like, yeah. And sending me into undoubtedly the giant 18 wheeler uh, that was passing me by at the time. So. Uh, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm safe and sound. The car got returned at, with no problem and ten pounds less uh, of uh, of air. So, did you did you have to pay for the air? <laughs> no, no, because I literally just left it out. <laughs> that just that's gone. It's everywhere. All now. tires must be filled up before return. Um, but uh, so that is that is our that's our delay for the day. That's why uh, normally this comes out like first thing mm-hmm. one a.m. on a Tuesday. This will be coming out at like. 10 15 10 30 on tuesday so apologies if this is your normal yes. tuesday morning routine but uh figured it was better than canceling it all together so. that's right so um so with that fun event uh, uh this day in church history uh which would have been nothing had had that tire actually exploded i don't think i'd <laughs> appear in this uh encyclopedia it's a sad thought <laughs> let's talk about people who did matter yeah <laughs> And who did die. <laughs> and who definitely did die. Um, so our first uh, 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 event in church history on this day, which is August 27th. Did I say that right? 28th. Let me get the date right. Yeah. August 28th, this day in church history. Our first one comes from 430 uh, uh, AD. Uh, we see the death of St. Augustine of Hippo, who more than any other man, this is according to the century, more than any other man since the apostles stamped the church with his personality and ideas. And I think that's probably fair to say. At least in the Western church, yeah. Yeah. So um, so we see the death of St. Augustine on this day. And, and we should keep in mind that while he was a, a faithful and articulate person, he wasn't Jesus. And so right. we can definitely disagree with some of the stuff he wrote. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Only take the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, um, so uh, we... Nothing happens for a millennia, apparently, on this day. Uh, and we move forward to 1619. Uh, we see the electors uh, are, choose Ferdinand II to be Holy Roman Emperor. Uh, he's Jesuit tra- trained, and Ferdinand will reject Charles V's policies uh, that had finally allowed Protestants, t- this is the quote, to exist. <laughs> 
So a little, little harsh there. Ferdinand will put down Protestants and anyone who tries to limit his royal power. Sounds like a great guy. Uh, he had vowed to the virgin. Wait, wait. I'm just now realizing. He had <laughs> vowed to the virgin with a capital V. So Mary. Mary. To banish heresy from any territory that might come under his sway. And so he will reject chances to end the horrific 30 years war if it means the Reformation will remain alive in his realm. So uh, it allows the allows war to continue. Bloodshed. Yep. And all sorts of levels. Fantastic dude. Uh, yeah. So that, that happens. Uh, <laughs> a fateful choice. Uh, 1645 uh, sees the death of Hugo Grotius, a Christian scholar, often titled the father of international law. So this is an entry that I'm like, hmm, there should be that's more. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of up your alley. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be, I, I, I would like to know more about Hugo Grotius. Um, but uh, uh, we see the, his death in uh, 1645, August 28th of 1645. Um, and that's, all they have. <laughs> well, and lest we look down on Hugo for his lack of biography. The... I, I'm more judging the the, the the folks who put in the entry on this yeah. website. Yeah. yeah. Um, international law actually was a radical idea. Because mm -hmm. up until now, you just declared war on someone you yeah. were in disagreement with. Shared laws between... Rulers is yeah, yeah. oh how could I possibly <laughs> yeah um I do like the, uh, the the other part that I like about this entry though because it, it, they always give like an authority for the date yeah. like where they're pulling it from standard encyclopedias <laughs> <laughs> which is like the website's version of like this is quite common knowledge yes, how knows. do you not know. <laughs> um uh so i love I, I i love those entries uh 1645 uh king ladislas uh the fourth of poland convenes a religious conference at thorn in the hope that 26 catholic 28 lutheran and 24 calvinist theologians will reach ecumenical consensus for the sake of the nation discussion will continue into november but fail dismally <laughs> And I think we saw that coming. <laughs> yes, I, I. It reminds me of those uh, of, of of these these some of these psalms that we get, like this uplifting piece, <laughs> yes. inspiring, and it comes crashing to the ground. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Seventeen thirty-seven, the death in London of John Hutchinson, who endeavored to confirm Moses' account of the flood and other unnatural events in Moses's Principia. What is Moses's Principia? Um, it's capital P. I'm not familiar yeah, with I'm, necessarily that term. I wasn't sure. I, I, I'm I not did, sure what that is either. I'm looking. I'm looking it up then, real quick, because I was. Yeah. I was. I wasn't gonna like ask a question and know the answer. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. Um, so let's pull it up. The. Moses' Principia of the Invisible Parts of Matter of Motion of Visible Forms and of Their Dissolution and Reformation. It looks to be writing. Yeah. So apparently we have writing of, from Moses that, well, or at least it's I credited mean, to. That, that could be the title. It doesn't mean it's the author. Yeah. Gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I find that interesting and interesting. Um, entry in uh so so this is like the this is somebody attempting to uh provide information that backs up the literalism of you know of the the, the quote-unquote historical context around uh the story of moses parts that we now kind of inter interpret as a little bit of oral tradition oh more more might need to be known about this yeah i'm I'm sitting with a puzzled look, pondering this. Uh, Often the look that I catch on people's faces as they interact with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess... Who is this man and why does he speak this way? Yeah, I, yeah, I just shouldn't speculate. It, it could get very inaccurate. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know nothing. Um, so, uh, 1862, we see Dwight L. Moody and Emma Ravel marry 
Emma will help soften the evangelist's, evangelist's <laughs> rough edges, making him a more effective leader. Um, so apparently Dwight L. Moody, less palatable until he was married. So true for so many. So, <laughs> it does kind of, you know, strike a chord, doesn't it? Uh, 1953, uh, the death in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts of Albert C. Knudsen. A liberal theologian and pastor in the Methodist tradition, he he taught personalism. Do you know what personalism is? No, I, no, I can't say I do. So it says a theory that the person is the fundamental category for explaining reality. So that, it, that's going to take a little bit of unpacking, like in my well, brain. But so it's it's a uh, how rea- like the, the vessel through which reality is explained is through our own person yeah okay and so you got to take it with a grain of salt because that means you'll have a lot of different understandings of reality yeah yeah this okay so it creates a a vast uh, array of interpretation yeah. for any number of events. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and lastly, but not least, uh, 1963, a large civil rights demonstration known as the March on Washington gathers Yay. in the United States Capitol in, on behalf of African-American civil rights. The march brings together major civil rights organizations and many religious groups, Catholic, Protestant, and Jewish, and marks the first determined effort by a large number of white clergy to join the cause to end racial discrimination. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. gives his famous I Have a Dream speech. So this day in church history. Uh, so just in case you don't feel like writing a sermon, there's a pretty good speech yeah. <laughs> that you could just delve right into. And I think it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's Martin Luther King is one of my great heroes. And... Um, I I met a fella and, and became friends with him, who was personal friends with one of the um, football players who were volunteer bodyguards mm. for MLK that day. Huh. And so this one fellow was standing right at his shoulder, and could literally look over his shoulder, see the text of the speech. And none of the I have a dream stuff was written down. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he was a he was a he was a bit of an auteur, <laughs> I suppose. Uh very impressive. Yeah. Um uh humbled humbled to share this day with his uh, I have a dream speech. Yes. Um so Yeah, when I the first time I went to Washington DC, my one of my daughters, Diane, went to uh college there. Um I, the place I wanted to see most was the place he stood to give that speech. Mm-hmm. And fortunately now there's a plaque, so it's easily found. Whereas mm-hmm. then I had to pull out a picture. And oh yeah. And figure out like, oh, the stuff. steps look like yeah. they're over here. So he's on this side. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that, that is it. That's uh, this a good, end, a good. Last, yeah. Yeah. It didn't end with murder or, or someone burning your, <laughs> For once, uh, um, and, and, a, and a relative, other than nat- seemingly natural death uh, causes, we had several death yeah. entries of like ending and end of life uh, uh, storytelling. Uh, didn't seem as though it was Violent. gruesome. Yeah. They usually add that in there. Just, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just to, sometimes to our delight, <laughs> I was say, just which to is terrible. <laughs> capture clicks on the internet. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, let's move on to other notable church events as mm-hmm. dictated and written down and translated over centuries. Our first reading this week, uh, not Sirach. We're going to give a pass to <laughs> – we have options and we're allowed to choose. Yeah, and we yeah. we do not choose the Sirach reading. Sirach was like in a bad mood or something. Yeah, he was in a bad place. We're going to, yeah. you know – uh, it, it perhaps it's therapeutic <laughs> for for some to reread these words and go like I know this feeling yeah <laughs> but um, yeah it was a bit moody in that uh, and so we're gonna go with Jeremiah isn't too Jeremiah. often that someone will say oh Jeremiah is the happier choice <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true so we're gonna go with Happy Jeremiah today uh, Jeremiah two verses four through thirteen. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me, that they went far from me, 
and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves. They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives? I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? Those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord, and I accuse your children's children. Cross to the coasts of Cyprus and look. Send to Keter and examine with care. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though there are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. This is the happier Andrew? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Help us. Um, tell us a little bit about Jeremiah. This, is, this isn't the way he kicks, that his writing is kicked off, but it's pretty daggone close. Yeah, it's chapter so, two. Um, a, still a little bit of setting the tone for the rest of the prophet's uh, writings here. Uh, yeah. This is... Um, this is some dark and judgmental stuff uh, that that's being handed down. Um, where are we in the, the the history of the nation, and 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 what's going on right now? We aren't sure exactly where we are. Some speculate that this is um, before Babylonia conquered Israel mm. and took the best and the brightest into slavery. Mm -hmm. Others say no, it was written after that event hmm. um but most say it was probably written before and or if nothing else is a description of what was going on just before israel uh, was okay. conquered yeah I, I suppose when it was written could drastically change uh some information about it because yeah. this if this was written before this is you know th this is quite interesting foreshadowing Right. Uh, of, of like, you know, God scolding the nation and then doling out punishment uh, as a result uh, would be kind of the way that it could be interpreted. Well, yes, but with there's a nuance here that may not be so clear that what happens is a natural consequence of the people's choices right. rather than God causing it. Right. And and for those who uh, say that this was either written during or after, then this is an explanatory right. uh, writing, okay. which is saying, oh, this is happening to us or this has happened to us for these reasons. Yeah. We deserve this. Yeah. This kind of flagellistic uh, <laughs> in a way. I deserve this punishment. <laughs> Read it again. Um, um, but yeah, so so kind of lost uh lost their way and you can see where the author's viewpoint is like look you've been handed something wonderful and you've just taken it for completely for granted right and ab abandoned uh the 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 promises uh uh made to you by your ancestors like there was this agreement there was this arrangement yeah. and Look where you've, you know, look where you've fallen to. Yeah, and the language, um, begin especially chapter 9, I'm not chapter 9, verse 9, is very much a, um, we are equals in a court of law. Mm, okay. So that's part of the... <clears throat> yeah, we do get a jacuse yeah. uh, here in verse 9. And so it it's one of those reinforcement verses of God creating and living by free will of the human race. Yeah. That you, you know, we, we as humans have both the ability and responsibility 
to act freely of God's desires. Yeah. Um, we're co-creators. We are so many other things, uh, both good and bad. And so here mm-hmm. we are taken to heavenly court mm. and um, accused for multiple generations of disregarding God. Yeah. Even though we had promised, and so this is why I can go to court, even though we had promised to be God's people. Right. Uh, and if we remember uh, the, 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 you know, one of the, one of the staples uh, for promises are blessings and curses. Right. So here come the well, curses. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the curses. I, I do find it interesting as you're, as you're uh, uh, narrating this in, in kind of a courtroom setting, this is a very interesting argument then, then that begins to take form in verse 10. Yep. Uh, cross uh, to, to the coast of Cyprus and look, send to Keter and examine with care. This is never, this doesn't happen in the places where they worship gods that don't exist. They don't, they don't behave this way. Right. They remain faithful and loyal to their fakes. They're yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a bunch of, uh, yeah. Fake, fake folks. Uh, it, it kind of, uh, uh, um, goes along with the, 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 the literary, uh, words here that of, of like cracked, cracked cisterns who hold yeah. no water, you know, the, you know, it's even, a great opening statement. It really is. And even those dum-dums over there <laughs> that worship like a plank of wood yes. <laughs> would never dare to change it, to, to abandon their beliefs this way. Exactly. And the, which and, makes you feel like, Ooh, you, dude, you guys have messed up. Right. <laughs> and the image of cross to the coasts of Cyprus and look, send to Kedar and examine with care. That's literally and poetically from west to east. Right. So throughout. Go in a direction and you will not yeah. find such such blatant disregard for your God. Right. Um, and you do have to, I mean, obviously I'm no uh, scholar on anything, but uh, uh, least of all would be like, some of the pagan religions during the time and Baal and everything. But um, I would have to imagine that anyone reading this argument or hearing this argument, if it was, if it was uh, uh, spoken aloud. Yeah. The narrative is pretty strong. The story that exists for how you came to this land mm-hmm. is a fantastic, you know, grace uh, filled experience I have a hard time believing that such a thing exists in the space where uh, these different nations have a God for everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the God of wheat uh, grants us bountiful crops. How did he come into existence? He, you know. Yeah. Not this story. (laughs) You know, (laughs) not this interesting, not this fantastic. So you have, you have these, uh, these, these gods with a lower G of like minor, you know, uh, minor interesting stories uh, mm-hmm. in comparison, and you really do feel the weight of the disparity there, right? Um, yeah. So that's that is that is interesting. I do find it also interesting though, because um, especially to modern readers, this doesn't feel right. We don't feel good about this phrase. I accuse your children's children, which in most instances, I suppose at this point in time are people who don't even exist yet. Mm-hmm. So um, why would we blame the, the babies haven't even been born yet and they're already accused? <laughs> well, a couple of reasons. One is unlike current times, there really is not a, well, I'll put it this way. The idea of an individual sinning is very weak. Yeah. The okay. idea of, <clears throat> A corporate group of people sinning is very, very strong. Yeah. Both and that court that sense of people of is both people of the past and people of the present. And then you also put in people of the future. Right. So it's not because those future individuals did something wrong. It's because the present generation has not turned from their bad ways. Right. So it's not a this is the punishment to them. It's this is the consequence of what you're doing. Yeah, it's almost more of a it's more condemnation on the other two groups of like you've already exactly you've already yeah. doomed this group that doesn't even exist yet. That's exactly what's being said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I just wanted to point that out because it does yeah. 
feel bad to accuse. <laughs> yeah. And one of the interesting things, Jeremiah and Isaiah and the book of Isaiah were written very, very close together chronologically. Mm. And Isaiah has the wonderful passages about God breaking that uh, cycle mm. of uh, the sins being brought down generation after generation. Mm hmm. I'm also con uh, I'm also interested in one of the words that's used a couple of times in here, and curious if there is any potential alteration on the uh, interpretation mm -hmm. of the word, and that is the word prophet. Uh, went down in verse eight uh, and went after things that do not profit, or verse eleven. Uh, oh. uh, but my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. It feels like a it feels like one of those words that might have a more robust meaning because it doesn't, you know, it, it modern readers that implies monetary gain of, of some sort or uh, st status gain. And what we're talking about here um, is, isn't really that, you know, direct, I suppose. This is more like an abstract argument at least in my mind of talking about like um you're doing these things it, it, in a way he doesn't actually ask this or say this in in this uh in, in this reading but the overall kind of feel of, of of all of this writing is the question of like why would you do this you yeah. know what i mean yeah why would you uh, you know why would you behave this way it, it does you no benefit you know it this is no benefit to you in, in any way, shape, or form. So I'm kind of curious if it's more more benefit or... It's more benefit. Okay. And what the translate... Okay. it's In Hebrew, it sounds almost just like Baal. Mm. So in, okay. in Hebrew, it's almost a, a pun. Interesting. So is, is there an implication that uh, benefit profit uh, may have origins in the word of a false god? No, that's, it's really different. Okay. Okay. I was just yeah. kind of curious yeah. if that was yeah. – because that would be kind of cool. And But so in, in – my bet is the translators were trying to say, okay, we got – we want to – we want people to benefit from some of this very um, creative writing and imagery – Really, uh, how can we do this? Okay, prophets used a lot. Let's use profit, mm. but the different meaning. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so essentially, in, in the original text, it was this was almost a a, a rhyme or a, or a poem in a way yeah. because yeah, it would have rhymed. You know, the prophets prophesized by Baal and da 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 da, da, da Baal, <laughs> like yeah. something something like that where yeah. it was. Yeah, which it, that okay, it's not y'all, but right. in Hebrew it's y'all, y'all. So it's very close. To okay, ball. okay. Ball. So there would there would be like yeah. some people reading this going, ah, I see yeah. what you did there, <laughs> clever. That's going on the uh, campaign, you know, <laughs> yeah. slogan. Um, that's on the that's on the TV spot for sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> Got it. See that kind of stuff fascinates me. Yeah, um, so I'm glad you asked. So, so in a way that was so. So really, we get this this version of the definition in an effort to honor the rhyming, the attempt at rhyming scheme, or the similarity yeah. between the other two words. Uh, we pick a different word to make it. That, yeah. Okay. And but, right. but profit is a legitimate translation. Sure, of that sure, word. sure, sure. But, yeah, it's not. But you're right that benefit is a stronger translation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so in other words, yeah, you do all this, and why? It does you no good. Yeah. It's not. There is no benefit. There's no reason. There's, there's no, no rhyme profit. or reason to this at all. Yeah. And. And I'll teach you in a rhyme. Right. <laughs> right. But also, <laughs> again, with this fantastic story explaining yeah. the grace that you've been given in this land, it really helps drive forward this idea of just absolute idiocy in a way yeah like at least yeah at least the followers of ball do it for a reason yes <laughs> you don't even have the common sense to do that <laughs> right <laughs> man um 
So yeah, this is scathing. Um, uh, And and is there anything else about this passage? Maybe like, you know, um, because we we do only get, what is this, 10 verses? So we do only get kind of a snapshot um, of, of, of what's going on here. Is there any, is there any fun nuance about like the surrounding text and because it doesn't, we don't, unlike other writings, we don't get to the turn. Does does Jeremiah even ever turn or is this just like chapters of chapters of like heaping it on? It's uh, yeah, it's about four chapters of heaping it on. Okay. So this is this ladies and gentlemen of the court. I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes telling you why you suck. (laughs) And that, and that, that you almost paraphrase uh, verse 12. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked um, that the heavens are the are the jury. Are the jury? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's <gasps> gasp. <laughs> well, what I be shocked? Be utterly desolate. My word! <laughs> These Hebrew people. Good Lord! I never. Yes, fans are fluttering to prevent. I, I I very much now want to see a, a an artistic uh, interpretation of this before a very high French or English court. You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, the heavens with their powdered wigs and <laughs> fanning themselves. Good lord! Did he just say? Did he just say that they're worse than the worshippers of Baal? What a bold statement. How tawdry. Okay, you've right, gone point. way off the rails. <laughs> but they, you know what? I had fun with it. And in a way, that's all that matters. That's, that's all that matters. Right. No, that's not true. That's not all that matters. But uh, in the moment, that's what mattered. <laughs> so the point of this. <laughs> is it's not just oh yeah god's gonna yell at us for yeah this isn't a this is a a ruler against the back of your hand kind of a a conversation that the entire existence of everything yes is seeing how much we screwed up okay so this is another another interpretation uh a more modern one would be like this is the you know this is like a galactic court yeah. uh, from a, the new Mar- a new Marvel movie yeah. where uh, beings beyond our comprehension judge our actions and find us lacking. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll preach. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. But yeah. yes, that's a, that, that would be an artistic interpretation that would be pretty much on point. There you go. I think I think if nothing more, this drives home the point that I should never do an interpretation of the Bible. <laughs> well, okay. Now, of course, I have to riff a bit on that galactic court where the people of Israel thought they'd be talking to just like the backcountry justice of the peace mm. who just wants to go fishing, so let's get this over with. Right. And instead encounter the galactic court of yeah. beings of existence never, of existence yeah 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 oh uh, oh, oh i have wildly unprepared for this yes <laughs> i'm not even represented by counsel where is he i knew i shouldn't have gone for that pro bono lawyer <laughs> i move for an adjournment uh counsel is not present and like a continuance, please. I think he's running away. <laughs> is, it, is it warm in here? It's quite, I feel quite sweaty all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All rise for God, the Eternal Father. Like, oh crap, we got him. Oh no. But we are screwed. I have a losing record against this guy. I've never won. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> Withdrawal of appearance. I'm out. Um, sorry, all of that again. That was for me. Um, so <laughs> it'll help you get through the day at the firm. Exactly. Um, anything else, or no, shall we move? That was it. Okay, very good. Uh, psalm 81 is our psalm for the day. Verse one, 
and then 10 through 16. So we get the entry and then the, I'm, I'm assuming the middle. Is that right? Middle-ish? Middle-esque? End? Uh, don't know yet. <laughs> we miss, we get the first verse and we skip some. Um, so let's, uh, let's. It, we get the end. We get the end. Okay. 16 is So the we're last... bookending this and yeah. carving out the middle. Um, Psalm 81 uh, begins this way. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Then I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their doom would last forever. I would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Um, so we can see kind of this interplays with what we were just reading. I right. mean, Clearly. it literally uses the word counsel. Yeah. Um, but it, so this kind of, um, in a way, we could kind of read this as um, the turn for Jeremiah, were he so inclined to do, to write one. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, admonishment, severe admonishment, more admonishment, and could have ended with, essentially this psalm like had you but you know had you but an ounce of decency or an ounce of respect for god your creator i would uh i i would have uh, done all these things i would have uh i would have stopped the babylonian invasion and i would have you know Mm -hmm. struck them back and well i don't know that much well quickly subdue your enemies yeah but it's okay yeah i'll grant that but it, again, the, the theology is more, you broke the covenant, mm-hmm. and consequently, you're not who you could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the, but you're right about it being sort of a, a cure for the Jeremiah uh, passage in that it's, um, let's renew our covenant. Let's get back together, mm-hmm. and then you will once again be strong. Yeah. This does kind of create an interesting theology, though, right? Just contained right here within these these uh, these lines, um, because the implication is when bad things happen, it's because I allow, you know, because people were allowed to make their own choices. Right. Uh, and good things would happen uh, when I choose to ex- exert control, which is mm, no, no, it's when they follow my voice sure sure but and so that's that and, it's how they use their free will okay 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 i was reading it as like yeah you you choose to uh adhere to the covenant and then therefore i will then exert control over everything yeah, uh, but your failure to saying. do so means you're on your own yeah and it's not that it's that okay. if you listen to my voice you will have the very best strategy practices ideas skills etc to live your lives okay okay and therefore we'll be able to grow the finest wheat and mm. enjoy that um and survive enemies and because you'll know how to deal with them i am curious with the uh since you mentioned the finest wheat honey from the rock i i mean is that like that's weird uh <laughs> Because, like, I'm thinking of Moses striking the rock and water pouring forth from it, right? Do we have any and that's context for getting honey from the rock? Is that a, or is that just like no? But it is a callback to the water. Okay. Um, and and particularly in an area that doesn't have nearly the abundance of greenery, as say Indiana, uh, crack in a rock could be a place for a beehive. Hmm. Okay, okay. I was just sitting there like, where's that come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. It, man on the ground, got it. Water from the rock. Yeah, these are historical references. Honey was not necessarily one that I was anticipating, anticipating at all. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was like a, 
a, a, a more like a mystic reference of like, and we'll, we'll do something that you, the world has never seen. Before. No, it's not that. Okay. But okay. it is a, um, it refers to, you know, you're in the land, you've been given the land of milk and honey to use another mm-hmm. reference from Deuteronomy. And again, in a, a very rocky land with, without hardwood trees and such, these will make their hives anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all love be the clickbait yeah. about you know, my ceiling fell in and it was 300 pounds of honey. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I do have to admit, I love the phrase in 15. Uh, uh, not so much the first part, but when coupled with the end. Uh, those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their doom would last forever. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, and this is really, this is before there's been a development of the idea of hell and eternal punishment, but it's so the, the forever is the span of their lifetime. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not a, they're dooming themselves, though modern theologians dealing with the concept of hell will say, some of them, that people always have the choice to leave hell, hmm. but they have to listen to God's voice to do it. Interesting. And so if they don't listen to God's voice, they're not going to know the way out. Yeah, there is kind of, I suppose there is a modern infernalism uh, associated with the word doom. Yeah. Um, whereas like, in reading these passages, I would, I, I, it doesn't come across that way, at least to me, it would, it comes across as like, oh yeah, you made your choice and you will suffer the consequences yeah. uh, and never recover. And yeah. Like, and that's, again, it softens in Isaiah and mm-hmm. then softens even more in Jesus's teachings. Do we have any context for uh, Psalm 81? I know I ask it every week and and sometimes we do, and sometimes sometimes we, don't. we do, sometimes we don't. I'm double checking. I let's see. I don't think so. Um, it is um, okay in the stage directions. Mm-hmm. They it makes it. It seems like it's safe to say it was composed for uh, temple worship. Okay. Okay. So because it, it it refers to it's not one of the kingly uh, right. uh, psalms or okay. Um, because it refers to musical instruments like trumpets that were used in the temple. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so it was a, a liturgical psalm, not just, I think it was last week we had one that, yeah, someone made this up, and because they were inspired by God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, okay, one of the scholars calls it prophetic liturgy. Ooh, okay. Isn't that yeah. fun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're on the winning side of the right. Is it... <laughs> yeah, um, I think I, I think a lot of uh, a, a lot of us would, would might interpret uh, prophetic liturgy. Uh, generally speaking, the first thing that comes to my mind is more the fire and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> the heavens will open yeah. up and all will suffer. <laughs> you poor man. <laughs> What about the, the beautiful? We can do a very, very interesting, you know, uh, <laughs> Open therapeutic deep dive yes. on me. I'm sure, uh, uh, which one could argue this podcast might very well be. Yes. Uh, <laughs> over so I am very sorry <laughs> as we do a deep dive into like a, a John, you know, being John Malkovich style. Yes. Uh, I'm so sorry for all of you. Um, well, let's move on to our gospel reading, mm-hmm. if we may. Uh, Luke chapter 14, uh, doing the same kind of thing here as we did in Psalms. Verse yeah. 1 and then 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both you, both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. 
Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they might invo may invo invite you in return, and you would be so repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Um, good advice. Uh, because, uh, yeah, this is this is the old equivalent of, like, set very low expectations. <laughs> and uh, you won't be And you will never be disappointed. Um, but um, it is interesting to me... This seems very reasonable for a parable. And usually parables have the thing that like a twist twings your brain and goes, wait, that's not right. Uh, well, what is it? Is it, it just that at this point in time, people are so set in trying to gain a seat, you know, a, a position of honor or, or notoriety that ugh, I would never sit at, at the low point of the table, that would that, that that's unheard of. Why would someone do such a thing? Per, yes, that's the parable ishness of it. Um, Is a banquet set up in such a way that like you're dining with the dogs and the you know outside? Is that is that <laughs> like? Well, I don't know if it go to that extent. Okay, because like, it like, doesn't seem like you're at the banquet still, right? I mean, but it's. Okay, the, the end of the table doesn't get the green bean casserole because it's all gone by the time it makes it all the way down there? Or? Perhaps. Perhaps? Okay. Uh, but more, think of it, I mean, and this, is this a wedding feast? Yes, okay. wedding banquet. Um, so in a modern choreographed American wedding banquet, there's the head table. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking of how many movies and TV shows depict <clears throat> the angst over where to seat people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, Gertrude doesn't get along with Agnes and that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, but there's, Poor Agnes. there's also the thing, the, the dynamic of the closer you are seated to the head table, mm -hmm. the higher status you have within that gathered community. Mm. Okay. So, like, as, as a priest, when I've been the officiant for the wedding, I don't think I've ever been seated at the head table. But often my reserve seat is like one or two tables down from the head table. Mm -hmm. And you know, at, the, at the back of the temporary banquet hall tent thing are the former babysitters. Right, right, right. The happy couple. Um, so we still have this. In, yeah, yeah, we do. In our That's culture true. now. So not for me to give notes to... Christ, the Son of God. Um, but uh, um, being the way that this is written, uh, and in my mind, at least the way that a modern wedding uh, yeah. occurs, the wedding party themselves are generally the last ones seated. So it would be, the, perhaps it would be the equivalent of like sitting down and having the bride and groom come up and go, um that's where we sit could be you're could gonna be. <laughs> now that there's no tables left it you're way out you're in the hallway buddy. yeah i don't know what possessed you to think that you would sit front and center where the wedding party sits <laughs> but you have drastically yes. misread the situation and are now in full display of embarrassment yeah and so this is look chuck thought that he could sit in the groom's seat <laughs> What a moron! <laughs> now I suddenly wish I had watched the movie *The Wedding Crasher* in preparation mm -hmm, for today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but it, and so it's it's closer to being an analogy than a parable, really. But the there's the dynamic of people who think they are ho sufficiently holy mm -hmm. to have a great seat adjacent to God for eternity should instead live a life of more humility and just 
see what you know, be pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. um, when they find their place card. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting that uh, the way that this is written, uh, verse 7 says, when he noticed how the guest chose, chose the place of honor, he told them a parable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if uh, it Luke really picks up with just with the parable and we miss a little bit of like, Josiah, couldn't help but notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it kind of makes me wonder if this was a little bit more uh, pointed Towards an individual or a couple of folks like, oh, Stephus, Josias, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that uh, you just uh, went ahead and took those seats first and foremost uh, before anybody else. Allow me to tell you a story. <laughs> just something to think about. Yeah. There once was a man. <laughs> you know? Um, but it... it, it, uh, it it is interesting that there's that just that little bit of background information. Uh, there were there there are real life people that prompted him to want to say this. Yeah, that we don't know who it was. We don't know who they were, and we don't know if they were in earshot. That's true. That's true. But a, there's a real life example of this yeah. person in the parable who ex- experiences yes. extreme embarrassment playing out live <laughs> for those who are hearing this parable for the first time. And so there's a, there in some point in history, there were, there was a person yes. or several people who this was directed at and felt this immediately. <laughs> yeah. And perhaps, or people felt that for them immediately. Yeah, de- Definitely the second, maybe the first. And from the way it's written, this was not an extraordinary event. So, yeah. and, and one of the interesting things about the Gospels, particularly the Synoptic Gospels, is that Jesus is repeatedly at wedding banquets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would come up again and again, the, the, those circumstances. And this also, I would connect with uh, the stories around either depending which version you read the apostles themselves or the apostles mother asking jesus to grant to them uh seats at his left and his right when oh, he comes into his glory yeah and he's like, don't worry about that right um so it I, I like to imagine his mother being being very uh, monty python british and yeah. like, that, that's my spot back go away my little boy. The, the so... idea that I can't sit next to my son. One <laughs> wish I had just simple loaves of bread. <laughs> Jesus, your friends are terrible people. <laughs> yes. <Sorry. laughs> so it it strikes a common chord across <clears throat> cultures and across time. Mm-hmm. I won't say. I won't be so bold or stupid to say all cultures and all times, mm-hmm. but certainly in modern Anglo-American culture, this is a biggie. Yeah. Where people, I remember in from any time I was in school, kindergarten through seminary, people really students paying attention to where they sat in the classroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. And other, you know, any other situation. Where, you know, where's my office? Where's my place at home? Who gets this? Who gets that? For me, it's which seat's closest to the bathroom. That's always a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a, a, a friend who was my uh, parents' age, a mentor type, who one of his serious pieces of advice was get a seat near the bathroom because then you'll see everyone who's there. Mm, and have a Interesting. Seat. And yeah. he said, you don't talk to them when they go in. But when they come out, you, you have a chance to have a one-on-one that you wouldn't at huh. any, any other seat in the house. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. I uh, am struck by one other aspect of this parable that – because we kind of were reading a little bit between the you know yeah. the, the tea leaves, as it were, um, of, of the writing. Uh, uh, the other aspect of this, I don't imagine that, again, Jesus, son of God, and, you know – 
Christ himself uh, to be this vain. But there's a little bit of this, as this is said, uh, kind of an implication to the the leader of the Pharisee whose house he was in that kind of implies like, couldn't help but notice you didn't invite me to go up any higher at the table. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, uh, there, there could be a little bit of a dig of like, cause yeah, he noticed how the guest chose the, chose the places of honor. So it implies those seats are taken as he's standing back and waiting. Yeah. And then, so he's further down the table. Like, um, yeah. you know, if the host was really good, he would promote some people to a place of honor at their table. Just saying. No, 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 not, not you, not you. Of course not in this situation, but, uh, other, other times, uh, enough so that, uh, it, again, the way this is written, you kind of get the feeling of that was uh, some of this is Luke's impression because he saw this. Yeah. He said this parable. So the author is filling us in of like, Oh, Jesus these, noticed. these people felt it. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. That's we true. all at the table realized <laughs> who he's talking to and what about, it was not a, a super secret. It wasn't like we went back later and he goes, yeah, you know what? I was noticing that's true. That's that true. people, uh, probably not. <laughs> or, or, this would further uh, uh, the 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 uh, viewpoint that the um, apostles, the disciples, needed help interpreting things because they're dumb. Like always true. If we if we as modern day readers read this, we get that like immediately. Like oh you yeah mm-hmm. you messed up. You could have taken out verse seven. Yeah, and probably figured out just by the written word. Uh, uh, what caused him to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they had to be told after the fact, oh yeah, that's why I did it. Then then they're just as dumb as some of the gospels make them look. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is likely. <clears throat> so um, we do skip some verses here though. It's, what do we skip? It's a repeat of uh, what we had this past Sunday about whether it's okay or not to heal on the Sabbath. Okay, that's what I was wondering. It kind of verse one kind of teased that up. Yeah. Uh, specifically mentioning that they're at the house of the leader of the Pharisees. Uh, they're eating a meal on the Sabbath day, and it includes the reference that they were watching him closely. Yeah. Which it sounds like uh, they had been doing previously as well with their testing about uh, uh, healing on the Sabbath or their their. Uh, accusations uh, and and questioning as to why he heals on the Sabbath. So, okay, so that's another one of those. Uh, uh, do they accuse him directly? Do they question, like, do they pose it in, in the form of a question? Or is it uh, like, hey, why? Je- in this in this past, in this story, Jesus doesn't wait for them to question. He just looks up and asks the lawyers and Pharisees, is it lawful to cure people on the oh, Sabbath? Oh, he turns it on, the, on its head. He doesn't wait for them to yeah. say anything. But they were silent. Mm. So they're not willing to accuse Jesus. And this took place after the last time. Yeah. So in, in other words, he's he is testing, Jesus is testing out how effective his prior argument was. Yeah. Now that we're alone, <laughs> what do you think? Mm-hmm. And he repeats it. Mm-hmm. It, it with a little difference he, he said to them if one one of you has a child or an ox that has fallen to well will you not immediately pull it out on the sabbath day and they could not reply to this mm-hmm. so he yeah he really drives home yeah. the sabbath stuff yeah but it, but it is a direct repeat from last week one wishes they they had more open and honest discussions in the bible because i mean yeah they, they Obviously, when you have that question uh, posed, and especially when you're inside a house with, you know, limited, mm-hmm. you know, limited to one would assume uh, if it's the house of a leader of the Pharisees, it's other leaders of the church and prominent people. Right. You could have a little bit more frank of a discussion and be like, yes, of course I would. Who wouldn't do that? Right. My son falls in a well and I'm like, oh, Sabbath, sorry. <laughs> no, nobody, see, nobody see would do that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but instead they're silent. Right. Uh, um, so it, it is interesting because it, it, I, I'm not sure if 
Well, that, but in Luke, to be fair to the Pharisees, the Pharisees and... There's a phrase. Go ahead. <laughs> Pharisees and lawyers are almost equal with the apostles mm. in terms of being very interested in what Jesus has to say, being pretty supportive of what he has to say, but also not getting it. Gotcha. Okay. And, and that's how in other gospels, they're more the enemy. But mm-hmm. in Luke and John, they're more, we're trying to figure this out. Yeah. Okay. Help us out. Yeah. Um, anything else about this passage? This only occurs in the Gospel of Luke. Okay. Okay. It's, I have to admit, it's one of those that I thought was at least in Matthew as well, but it's not. Luke mm. only. Mm. Yeah, and he does it. He basically does the parable twice. Yeah, but I, I meant the part about seating. At, oh, the the, the at whole the table. The, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that it's yeah because it's so much a part of American vernacular. People joke about, oh, come higher, and mm-hmm. at least in my circle of friends, <laughs> 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 that I thought I thought it was more widespread in the scriptures, but mm, it, it is not. It isn't. Very good. Well, I think with that, we will call to a close this your podcast for August 28th, 2022, uh, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 17 uh, in year C. Uh, and we look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday, live in person on Sunday, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., the 10 a.m. broadcast. Uh, uh, 10 a.m. service will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. And we're baptizing a cute baby at 10. Oh, and we are? Okay, cool. Well, then uh, I won't hope then for you to reenact our uh, high English chord scene <laughs> no. uh, as Don't your sermon. Don't the children. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Uh, I was really hoping I might be able to convince you. Anyways, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, join us uh, how it works for you uh, 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 for worship. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.